last two Sundays have been so good. Two weeks ago with Patsy and then last week with Benny. I, I watched it on Sunday afternoon and was so blessed by it. And, and what I have today, in a sense, it, it kind of is saying, it's kind of tying some things together, going a little further. But I'm going to just read the scripture that Patsy gave uh, uh, two weeks ago in Psalm 8, verse 4 and 5. It says, what are mere mortals that you should think about them? human beings that you should care for them yet you made them a little lower than god and crowned them with glory and honor so we just heard how wonderful god created us making us he made us a little lower than god and something that passy didn't uh cover when she did that scripture you may have a bible translation that says that he made you a little lower or us a little lower than angels I actually, my first Bible translation, that's the one that I was reading, where it said he made us a little lower than angels. But then I went into the Hebrew language, and I looked at the Hebrew language, and then I, I, I wanted to look at that word. It's the word Elohim. And uh, you put it up there, it's number 430 in the Strong's. And it's used 2,594 times as God, and then God, Godly. So notice there's a capital, but notice there's small. So it's really a word about God's and divine. It, it's not, but it's not about angels. It's a higher class of being. And it's only used 12 times as other words. So out of all those times. So why am I saying that? Because I, I want to really make it clear that the original, when God created us, he put us in a high class and he crowned us with glory. And we're going to look at some other things along those lines today. You know that we lost the glory when Adam and Eve sinned. We were crowned with it. And then, you know, unfortunately for their sin, mankind had a sin problem. But we know then that Jesus came to solve that problem. But I really want to make this clear. Maybe you're with us today and maybe you think, oh, you know, there's a lot of religions out there. And it's not a big deal. But I want to just read this scripture to you because we were crowned with glory and honor when we were made. And there's only one way to get that back. And there isn't any other way because look at John 3, 18. Uh, Jesus is saying some strong things. And I like, the, I like strong talk. And here's what Jesus said, John 3, 18. He said, there is no judgment against anyone who believes in him. But anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only son. And so that's pretty strong. Uh, it's like there is only one way. So maybe you're with us today and you haven't taken that step. We're going to give an opportunity today at the end of the service. If you do not know Jesus as Lord, if you want to, in a sense, we say, have a restoration in your life and, and glory, a crown of glory back. That's the way that you get it. So we'll look, we'll, we'll get there, but there'll be an opportunity later on. But we could say this, a person who is born again is a person who is, in a sense, recrowned with glory and honor. And with that said, uh, then there's two weeks ago with Benny, uh, he was just, uh, no, I mean, last week, I'm sorry, I, I, it's my second service, sometimes I get mixed up between the services but anyway so last week with benny he just made uh he he uh, emphasized the fact that if you humble yourself there's grace available so i just have this little statement and then we're going to move on for the last two weeks we have our crowns back and grace is available to all 
who humble themselves. And with that said, here's what we want to look at today, and I believe it's going to tie some even more, go a little further with this. But we're going to look at spiritual and temporal blessings. Spiritual and temporal blessings. And, I, and it's like the Holy Spirit said this to me, because I really wasn't thinking about this, but I think that sometimes we put everything together. You know, like we say there's different kinds of prayer, and you, you know, sometimes there's different rules that govern prayer. So like there's the prayer of faith, but then there's the prayer of consecration, and you can't, there's different, uh, they're so different. Like the prayer of consecration, you can pray it over and over again, but Jesus said for the prayer of faith, when you pray, believe you receive it. So you pray it once and believe you receive and you thank him for it. Whereas the prayer of consecration, you, you're always consecrating yourself to him. So that's just an example. So there's different kinds of prayer. And so even with uh, blessings, sometimes I think we put, like, put it all in a bag and shake it up and put it out there. But there's actually spiritual blessings and there's temporal blessings. So today what we're going to look at it, we're going to look at first the difference between spiritual and temporal blessings. Then we're going to look at the acquisition of spiritual blessings. How do you get them? Then the purpose of spiritual blessings, like what are they for? And then spiritual blessings, uh, they lead to temporal blessings. That's just, there's different ways you could say that. But let's start off and look at the difference between spiritual and temporal blessings. So the spiritual I'm talking about, to make sure we're clear, because, you know, there's so many things on television nowadays and at the movies, I'm not talking about a spiritus that operates and gives, like, words out that, is, in a sense, is anointed by the devil. You know, they're out there, people that speak. There's two main spirits in the world, the Holy Spirit and the evil spirits. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit here, so that when I'm talking about spiritual, that's what I'm talking about. So the definition of spiritual blessings It's blessings that are of a spiritual nature bestowed on us by God and not seen by the natural human eye. So there's spiritual blessings all in front of me, and you're looking at somebody that I have spirit, but you can't see the spiritual realm, and I can't, when I look at you, I can't see that realm. You can't see that with the natural eye. And the spiritual blessings we have, they begin with salvation and they end with eternity. And that's the wonderful thing about having Jesus as Savior. It goes on forever. We're going into eternity. It's it's a wonderful thing. Uh, We can't lose. We just can't lose. But then temporal, that's relating to worldly as opposed to spiritual affairs. Secular, another word. And then this one that I Googled, it gave an example of it in a sentence. It was the church did not imitate the secular rulers who thought only of temporal gain. So I thought, well, that's interesting. This, you know, dictionary online used that as a sentence, but the church not imitating. In other words, that we're not in it all just for temporal gain. And then here's the Merriam-Webster definition. And Merriam-Webster, you know, when they originally were, they're all up in heaven but they were Christian, from what I read. And here's what they say, of or relating to earthly life. That's temporal. It's of or relating to earthly life. And then just a thought along those lines, the temporal blessings, they end when our life on earth ends. So temporal blessings are for the earth. And when our life, if Jesus comes back and takes us, or if you go home to be with the Lord, that's the end of the temporal blessings. 
but the spiritual blessings don't end. So let's look at this now like the acquisition of spiritual blessings. How, how do we get those? Okay, so look at this, Ephesians 1.3, and it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has crowned us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly realms in Christ, even as in his love he chose us as his own in Christ before the creation of the world, that we might be holy and without blemish in his presence. What an amazing two verses of scripture there. Now, the first thing we want to say is this applies to every single Christian. So if you've received Jesus as Lord, this is talking about you. It's not based on your feelings, so you might not feel anything. But according to this, every person that accepts Jesus as Lord, they are blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. That's, if you're a Christian, that's what you have. You, so just looking at it, notice it's past tense that he has crowned us. It's already happened. If you've accepted Jesus as Lord, this has already happened. It's not a feeling. You don't feel anything. Although I have to say when I confessed Jesus, it was like a weight lifted off my shoulders. I just almost felt like, hey, there's a weight that lifted off me when I received him. But even if you don't feel anything, it's still, it's a hundred percent true whether you feel anything or not. The next thing is the blessings are a result of accepting Jesus as Lord. And here's, they're bestowed on us. They already belong to us. They're given by grace. They can't be worked for. They are freely giving. So we could say this, the restoration of fallen man, it's like the recrowning. Adam and Eve sinned, man fell. Jesus came and did everything that he did for us. And when you receive him, it's like being recrowned blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. It's because of him, okay? Now, let's look at Ephesians 1.3 and get into it a little bit more. It says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So I thought, how interesting how that started. It's actually Paul, the apostle, he wrote what you call the Pauline epistles. And the Pauline epistles are the epistles that reveal in Christ revelation, we could say, who we are in Christ. Peter himself in his epistle said the things that Paul wrote are hard to understand because Peter did not get taken up to heaven and get a download in heaven of the Pauline revelation. And so he was no different than us. Peter had to comprehend. He had to have his spiritual eyes enlightened to know even what Paul was talking about. He said there, it's hard to comprehend. So, you know, you could be a young Christian here today, and, and, you can, and I've heard this before, and I, I try to make everything simple, but I've heard sometimes young Christians or people say, I just don't understand what you're saying. I do my best to make it easy to understand, but see, there is this element where the Holy Spirit, you can't get it in your natural brain anyway. The Holy Spirit has to enlighten you. So that's why there's the prayer in Ephesians where we pray that, to, that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened. 
That's the prayer that you can all pray for yourself and you can pray for one another because we can only get this by the Spirit. It's not like natural understanding. So I'm just so grateful that somewhere along the lines, I've been saved 44 years now, but somewhere along the line, I got an understanding of who I am in Christ, the Pauline revelation. And it's life-changing. And so I just pray that for, I mean, Paul always prayed that. When Paul went to a new place and somebody got saved, he immediately started praying that their eyes would be enlightened. He just had such a heart for the young believers, okay? So, Ephesians uh, 1.3, looking at it again, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He gives praise first. Why is he giving praise? Bless you. Because Paul, out of anyone, he thought, man, I understand what God did in Christ. I, like, understand this. This is like, blessed be God. That's kind of Paul. Like, wow, what he did for us, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. That's big. So we bless him because he first blessed us with all spiritual blessings. And here's the thing. We can't earn these blessings. Nobody here is good enough to earn these blessings. And one thing that's very putrid is self-righteousness. When somebody would actually think they deserve something that God did for them in Christ. We were all sinners down here. There was no perfect person on the earth. Everyone was a sinner. And Jesus died for us while we were still sinners. None of us deserve anything. And so he gave us all these things. As soon as you say, Jesus, I receive you as Lord, right there, you're blessed with every spiritual blessing in, the hev- in Christ, in, hev- in the heavenly realm. Every spiritual blessing, immediately, immediately. So we can't earn those. So I, like this little thought, I had this little thought, like say that you are in a family. This is kind of like a true story. I know a family the guy had four, he had four kid boys. They're all grown up and married with kids. And the guy I'm talking about, him and his wife are in heaven. He was very wealthy, uh, lived over in the States. And he made it so his kids couldn't get any of his money until a certain age. And they all had to go make, in a, you know, my terminology is like, make something of yourself. Go learn how to work. That's the way my generation said it. I don't know if you still say it that way. Forgive me for not... Uh, being up on some of my lingo, but he just told his kids, you go work. So one of his sons is a doctor, you know, and they all did different things. And I know the family. And, but he said, when you turn 18, you'll have to take these specific steps if you want my wealth to be released to you. Now, here's an important thing. If they didn't take the steps would they still be his sons? And the answer is yes. So when you're blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ, it's yours, you can't earn it, and you don't lose it if you make wrong steps. Now, I'm not saying that to encourage everyone to make wrong steps, but it's immediately given to you. It's not earned. It's a free gift. It's like grace to us you are seated in a heavenly place 
you have all spiritual blessings and you did nothing to get it except you received Jesus as Lord. I mean, I, I, I say this more than, I've said this before, but I think that's why, I don't know if it's Peter's gospel that says joy unspeakable and full of glory. Is that in Peter? Uh, but I, I don't remember exactly, but it's like joy unspeakable and full of glory. I mean, what he did for us, we didn't deserve anything in what he did for us. It's amazing. But you can miss all of it because there's no feelings, there's no feelings involved. It's not like a feeling. So don't, don't look for feelings. Uh, our flesh can tell us exactly opposite of who we are. Your mind can tell you exactly opposite of who God says you are. And there's something, too, that let me go back to that scripture, like in verse number four. It says, even as in his love, he chose us in his own, in Christ, before the creation of the world. So God chose us before the creation, but then look at that we might be holy and without blemish in his presence. So this blood that he shed for us and what it does, once we receive him, he sees us holy in his presence. Now, many of us do not see us that, we don't see ourselves that way. But it's the shed blood that washes us and it makes us white as snow and our spirits are clean and made alive. God sees that part of us. He sees us holy. So there's uh, Christians that take wrong steps and they do wrong things. God will always see what you really are is you're clean and made white as snow and you're holy, but you're not acting that way. But it's another thing that joy unspeakable and full of glory. He gives us the opportunity to go to the throne room and get mercy and confess our sins and he cleanses us. It's like, it's a, it's like a wonderful thing he did. So with that said, you know, let's look at this next thing here, the purpose, the purpose of spiritual blessings. So spiritual blessings, I said this already, they begin and end and they include, and like here's just some things, the new birth, as soon as you receive him, we become alive in Christ, that's the beginning. As soon, boom, right there, we get, we get every spiritual blessing right there. Then it's God's, at the same time, God imparts his nature into us. The nature of, of the creator, the living God, his nature gets implanted into us. And with that, you know, him putting his nature in us, that means we have the fruit of the Spirit. The fruits of the Spirit. And so it's like an empowering, like God empowers us with his Spirit so we have godly, we can have godly characteristics because he puts them in there. And then his gifts of the Spirit are available. His grace Grace is tangible. His Holy Spirit. Revelation knowledge. It's all spiritual gifts. We're enlightened. We're just, we're, Christians should be enlightened. And it all ends with eternity. So here's a question now. Is Christianity do to be or is it be to do? And I'm not talking about the Doobie Brothers. Is, is Christianity do to be or is it be to do? 
Very good. So the Old Testament, it was the Old Testament, and this is important, because there's a lot of people that still go by Old Testament thoughts. The Old Testament was you do to be and you do to have. That was Old Testament. So if you're going to be somebody and have something, you have to do something first. In the New Testament, we're made holy by the direct power of the Holy Spirit as soon as we receive him. So we could say this, that being precedes doing. Being precedes doing. Another way we could say it is first be, then do. And then another way you could say it is we obtain a holy heart and then we live a holy life. I don't know if this is a cool way to say it, but you younger ones might know, but I is so I can do. I don't know. Thank you. If that, even if it was a courtesy laugh, thank you. But, <laughs> but here's a statement uh, here. It's not like we do holy to become holy, but rather we are made holy to do holy. That one takes a little while to sink in, but let's read it again. It's not like we do holy to become holy, but rather we are made holy to do holy. That's New Testament. And so when you receive Jesus, every spiritual blessing is on. So we become. Being precedes doing. And then for us to do, it's like we got all this stuff that God gave us so we can do holy. So just summarizing every spiritual blessing and what we are looking at, what they're for, the first thing is we're regenerated. We're made new. We become. We be. Okay. The second thing is we have a treasure in our earthen vessels, impartations of God's life. His word is also implanted in us. That's what James says. James says, third, you know, we're, he says, receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your soul. So it starts here. Our spirits are saved. And from that place, we can renew our minds. And from that place, we can put our flesh under. So we be, so we can do. And then f- fourthly, we have the fruit of the spirit. That's an empowerment, the fruit of the spirit. You know, like the fruits of the spirit, like as an example, one of them is kindness. So in a sense, Christians should be kind, you know, so we would yield to the fruit of kindness. And it's, I think it's a good, you know, kindness is a big thing. When you're kind to somebody, it's amazing how uh, that brings back another response. You know, when I'm with Patsy, she likes to smile, especially, you know, if you're with Patsy and you're on a walk and you're coming up with somebody that has a dog, they start smiling, and I look, and there she is. As soon as Patsy sees a dog, she smiles. But you notice the person immediately starts smiling when they see her smiling. It brings a smile to them when she smiles. And, and you know, really, the fruit of the Spirit, if we, actually, whoops, if we actually use the fruit of the Spirit, it really will bring responses back, and it can really open people's hearts up. And then, uh, yeah, so the last thing is, well, there's a couple more. Uh, fifth, you know, the fifth thing is we have the gifts of the Spirit to do the works of Jesus. And then lastly, we can be led by His Spirit 
in all areas of life. So being led by the Spirit. And we know that we heard uh, from Benny about that, but it's all spiritual gifts. The Holy Spirit will lead us. And so actually following the Holy Spirit can lead to temporal blessings. Okay, so Colossians 2 and verse 10, it says, so you also are complete through your union with Christ. That's what we're talking about. You're complete through your union with Christ. So uh, when I read that, preparing for the day, this came to me, needs, needs, like neediness. And it's like needs versus complete. And so really, if you're in Christ and you start getting revelation knowledge of that, you can move from a place of neediness to a place of fulfillment or completeness. In other words, that's who you are. You're complete in him. But as you renew your mind, things that challenges up here. Now, I did a little study. I mean, there's a lot of married people that deal with loneliness, and they're married. So it's like loneliness might be bigger than some people realize. You think you need somebody with you to get rid of loneliness, and, and it could be that for some people, the only way to get rid of loneliness is uh, to find out who you are in Christ. So, you know, because there's people looking around all the, because of the neediness, some people, even Christians, can go looking for something to fulfill them. They go over here to look, they go over here to look. They go, you're looking somewhere, and all along, you're in Christ, and the Bible says you're complete in him. So really, instead of looking for something to fulfill us, wouldn't it be better to really get into the word and find out, like, have the eyes of our understanding enlightened, that revelation knowledge of who we are in Christ brings a completeness. We won't go searching for something out there when we got so much in here. Praise the Lord. Love you, Kev. I spent 10 days with him over in Papua New Guinea. Uh, Spiritual blessings, then let's look at this last thing. Spiritual blessings lead to temporal blessings. Spiritual blessings lead to temporal blessings. So there is actually no scripture that says we are blessed with all temporal blessings. Do you ever think about that? There's not a scripture. It's, there's a scripture that says you're blessed with all spiritual blessings, but there isn't a scripture that says we're blessed with all temporal blessings. All right? And we'll explain that. But here's, here's like even for New Testament and Old Testament, uh, and I, I pers- everyone can do how they want to do it, but I notice there's a distinction in the Old Testament and the New, so I try to make my teachings line up with the New. But in the Old Testament, Job was the greatest man in the East, and then when it says why he was the greatest man, it talks about his material wealth, his temporal wealth. His, that's what, what made him great in the Old Testament. But then you come over to the New Testament, and Jesus said, if you want to be great, the, the greatest person in my kingdom is the one who serves. So it goes like, it's, it's like a contrast. So you seek first the kingdom, which is serving, and everything is added to you. But you get it by being great in the kingdom, by serving. And then you, you can have temporal or material wealth, but you have to make sure you go after the right stuff. Now, I, I do know we're here today, but pe- there's people out there, there's neighborhoods in this country. Sometimes I accidentally run across them. The houses are amazing. You know, there's like a couple Mercedes Benzes, boats, everything sitting in an amazing block of land. And you're thinking, there's just millions of dollars or there's billionaires. And a lot of them, they, they don't really, you can't say they, 
they, they don't have God in their life. They just went out and got educated and worked hard and they made all this money, but they didn't get it God's way. There's different ways to get it. So, you know, we just choose the way that we want to get it. Now, God will help anyone go into university. If you're a Christian, you trust God and he helps you to understand what you're studying and he helps you to get through your studies. But, you know, he's there to assist us in whatever. But then there's also the supernatural realm where there's sowing and reaping, where you sow finances and you reap finances. And it's a way, another way, and it's really God's way to prosper us. So, there, but getting back to that, there's no scripture that says we're blessed with all temporal blessings. We're not going to get everything, you know, on the earth, but we're blessed with all spiritual blessings. So, um, look what Jesus did now, like getting to what we're talking about, spiritual blessings lead to temporal blessings. So, in Luke 36, it says, then they were all amazed and spoke amongst themselves saying what a word is this for with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits and they come out this is written about jesus and notice that they use two words authority and power the word authority in the greek is the word exosia and the word power is dunamis that's where we get our english word dynamite so jesus as he did his work on the earth he had two things power and authority Okay, so authority actually, it's two main things. It's permission to use power, but it's also a higher rank in position. A higher rank in position. So it's, a, it's permission to use power, but it's a higher rank in position. So when mankind fell, mankind fell, and it's actually mankind, they were above evil spirits, but when Adam and Eve sinned, it's like they fell, they no longer had rank above evil spirits. Jesus came to the earth, and Jesus came with rank. He was holy. He was without sin. He was the second Adam, and all the evil spirits were under his feet. He had rank, and he had power, and God gave him permission to use that power. So he went about, you know, and he, he didn't let the devil tell him what to do. He told the devil what to do, right? So, but then what happens is Jesus in Luke 9, in verse 1, he passes it on. He called his disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons. Same two Greek words. So here now, what he did with the disciples, this is before Jesus died and took our sin. So they didn't, they, didn't, they weren't born again, but he, this was temporary. And, and you know it's temporary because they we're told to go to the upper room and wait for the Holy Spirit after Jesus arose from the dead. So this was only a temporary power and authority to do, to be on his team. And then once he died, they didn't have that and they had to go to the upper room to get it again. But he gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. So the same thing. So now these guys had rank and now they could command devils. See, when we talk about all spiritual blessings, this is part of it, all right? So then, look at this. After this, uh, you know, the disciples were out, and they were doing pretty well, but then they had this happen to them, even with the power and authority in Matthew 17 and verse 14. It says, At the foot of the mountain, a large crowd was waiting for them. A man came and knelt before Jesus and said, 
Lord, have mercy on my son. He has seizures and suffers terribly. He often falls into the fire and into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't heal him. Jesus said, you faithless and corrupt people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So he, you know, the Bible was written about Jesus and all his words, but he has another mini book called How to Win Friends and Influence People. Um, but then in verse 18, just reading, then Jesus rebuked the demon in the boy and it left. From that moment, the boy was well. Afterward, the, the disciples asked Jesus privately, why couldn't we cast out the demon? You don't have enough faith, Jesus told them. I tell you the truth, if you had faith even as a small as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. So just like we'll close with this today, but just looking at this a little bit closer, the disciples were having great success until this happened, but they still had authority and power when this happened. It wasn't that they lost the authority and the power. And then additionally, Jesus did not say he didn't say this. Well, in this particular case, it wasn't God's will for this child to be healed. Jesus didn't say that. It's important to, to get that. And I'm just saying that because, see, humankind, mankind, we've made up a lot of different sayings that you can't find in the Bible. Now, I, I know this, but I, I think it's good to stick with the Bible. It, I know it's... You know, when I was going through Bible school, uh, there was a class and it was, it was talking about, you know, how to minister to people when they're going through something. And, and there's people, when they go through something, they say certain things that don't line up with the Bible. And actually, this class was saying, that's not a time to correct them. It's a time to comfort them. So please know my heart. People need comforted when they're going through something tough. Now, we, you know, my daughter's first child went to heaven after two or three days. You know, so we have a grandchild up in heaven, but we were grounded in the word. So I, I wouldn't say it wasn't God's will to heal her. And I wouldn't say it was time for her to go. The Bible says he'll satisfy us with long life. If you're going to think of a time to go, it's after long life. So the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And he, he cuts people's lives short, but let's not blame God for that. Okay. Is that okay? I'm just, we're just staying with the word, you know? So that said, I've never, now I grew up in a religion. I said all the, I said it wasn't God's will. It was his time to go. I said all that stuff, you know, but when I saw what the Bible said, I stopped saying that and I don't hold it against God. I think my, my little grand, the, the devil got the, he won that fight, but he, he lost the big battle because my granddaughter's up in heaven and the devil's still destined for hell. So he still lost. You know, he can't win. Once you're a Christian, there's no way the devil can win, even if your life would be cut short. He just can't win. So, so Jesus um, did not say it was God's will for him or it was his time. It wasn't his time to be healed. He wasn't really dying. He was an epileptic, you know. Then Jesus gives correction, though, to his disciples, and he said, it was your little faith. But then he also told the father, you must believe. So he made faith the issue with the ones ministering, and he made faith also the issue with the ones receiving. So we have to at least consider that's what the Bible says. You know, faith is a thing. So we have all this, we're blessed with all spiritual blessings, 
in heavenly places, the, the disciples had authority and power, but they kind of had a problem here. So here's, uh, you know, here's what I heard years ago, um, and, and I've heard it throughout the years. Uh, there's another same story in a different gospel with this. And, and in this particular gospel, it says this kind, talking about the same story with the demon and the epileptic, this kind comes out only by prayer and fasting. So one of the Bible, one of the gospels has that in there. So in years gone by, I heard these remarks about that phrase. There are different levels of demons and this level needed prayer and fasting. And then I heard uh, in order for God to move on this, they had to pray and fast that God moved. I've heard those things. And I think, uh, I think they're both not accurate. And here's why I think they're not accurate. Because first of all, Jesus said it's your faith. That would be a good reason. And secondly, faith comes by hearing. And what does prayer and fasting really do? Prayer and fasting, look, we have to remember, it doesn't change God, it changes us. So the disciples were doing really good out there, but then what, what I think happened, and I know this from doing what I do as a pastor, you know, you can get so busy with the work of the ministry, Jesus always got away and prayed. He always got away and spent time alone. I think the disciples got so busy with the ministry that they weren't doing that. And that's why Jesus said, hey, you know, it's your faith. You, you got to get back, you know, uh, get, take it, you know, get separate yourself, get a little prayer. You see what I'm saying? But it's interesting. Jesus didn't blame his father saying it wasn't his will. He didn't say it's not time. He said, it's your faith. And he, and he said, do something about it. So, I mean, this is a little bit direct, but hey, this is Bible. Just staying with the Bible. Um, so, praise the Lord. That said, we, we, we're, we're doing something a little different. I, I, um, I sent an email to certain ones in our church, and you know who they are. But I, I want to, like, preach a little bit less and open up. And so this will be a continuation. But there's certain ones in our church that they get words of knowledge. And I want to give a place for that. So I'm, I'm, we're, everyone that preaches now, we're going to preach a little less to give this place. So I just wanted to let you know. So there... Uh, so we're going to close right now. So I'm going to lead us in a confession. And as I do, the ones that you know who you are that I sent the email to, you're welcome to come up here along with the worship team. And, uh, and, uh, and, and you know what really, uh, I, I noticed in our 830 service, there was a, two ladies that were sitting back where Benny's parents are sitting back there. And um, that's Benny's parents in case you don't know. Um, great people. Uh, and they, like Nina, came up to do the offering, and she, in 15 seconds, she said, there's somebody here with this, and God's healing you. Well, this young girl was having really bad stomach problems for a while. She was instantly healed. Well, that caught her attention, and she's been fired up for God ever since. But see, I, I want to make sure we have, uh, I want to I, I open it up a little more and have more, uh, jo you know, supply different joints. So that's, that's why we're doing this. Because, and why? It's because I just care about people because God's in me and his love's in me. And I want to see as many people blessed and healed and helped as possible. So that's why we're doing this. It's not about us. It's about God, first of all. It's not about us. It's not about us.
But God loves us so much that he uses us to help all of us. It's kind of like a weird thing. It, it never make it about yourself, but then God needs you to help somebody else. Praise the Lord. So let's all say this together. Hallelujah. You can close your eyes if you want, but we'll say this together. I am alive in Christ. God's nature has been imparted to me. I have the fruit of the Spirit in me. I have manifestations of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I have an abundant supply of grace. His Holy Spirit is in me. My eyes have been enlightened. I have spiritual understanding. I have every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. And my destination is eternity. I have everlasting life. And that's what it is to have spiritual blessings. Now, if you're here and you don't, you can't say that, that you're going to, your destination is eternity. Uh, I want to pray for you right now. And as I'm doing that, anybody that has a word, can, you guys can come, come up here right now. Come up here now. Thank you. And then, um, I'm, but I want to pray for you. If you're with us today and Jesus isn't your Lord and you want to be blessed with all spiritual blessings, uh, Jesus, you know, well, the Bible and the book of Romans says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that God raised Jesus from the dead, you'll be saved. So what it is, is like with your heart, that means uh, not your head, but you're praying from your heart and you believe God raised Jesus from the dead, you could be saved. And that's when you get every spiritual blessing. Hallelujah. I want to lead you in that prayer. So let's say this together. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for sending your son. You care for us so much. You sent your son when I was a sinner. He loved me when I was a sinner. I believe you raised Jesus from the dead. Jesus, I receive you. I receive the cleansing of sin. I receive your life into my spirit. Thank you that you first loved me. And I love you.